Welcome. I'm Jason Hubbard. You met my wife, Amy. We are on staff here. Pastor Andy is out of town in Nashville this, this weekend, and I get the privilege to speak with you all today. I'm just going just gonna to have a seat here, a little conversation. Um, today we are uh, going into the, the third part of our series called Living Color, in Living Color. And uh, to... There we go. Why didn't you do that earlier? What happened? You're falling down on your job. Her, her main job is to make me look good, right? It's, it's a full-time job, too. <laughs> All right. Um, this week, I went to one of my favorite places to go, Costco. Any Costco lovers? Anybody want to admit it? Okay. Costco, come on. Um, so you, when you walk into Costco, they set up this experience for you, of course, right? I mean, they've got people on staff paid full time to figure this out. That when you walk into the door, all of a sudden, you see everything you want in, in, in a flash, right? I mean, they're, they're experts at this. So I walk in, and to my right's all the new stuff. And I love looking at all the new stuff, okay? I don't almost ever buy it unless it's a water bottle. But all the new stuff. To the left is the huge TVs. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, thank you. Got a hand. 70, today, just this week, there was a 75-inch, $5,000, huge, vibrant, almost just knock you down, you know, it's so bright, TV. And you know, when I see that, I don't think ridiculous. I think, yes, that's what I think. I think, oh, yeah, that would, that would show today's game, right? The f that would show it nice. I mean, put that on my wall, and we're going to like, be just blasted back. Um, and I, I was looking at that just going, whoa, that is amazing. And we're talking about living color, talking about our lives being colorful. And when you see that, like, 10,000 megapixel, 4K, HD, Ultra HD TVs, it's, it's a little like, whoa, that's amazing, right? And it got me thinking, that is what our life in Christ is supposed to be like. It's supposed to be 10,000 megapixel bright light shining out of us um, because it's, it's, the, the Son of God, the, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of us. And Christ said we are to be what? A light to all those around us. And when, when I experience that, you walk, walk into Costco, and that's the first thing you see, and you're like, yes. That's how we, we're supposed to stand out as Christ followers. Our light is supposed to shine. We are supposed to live life in living color. John 10.10 10 says that Christ came to, to, to take away our life. No, it didn't say that, did it? No. It said that Christ came to give us life and life abundantly. Bigger than life. More life. That he came to earth 
so that He could fill us with His Holy Spirit and that we could live an abundance of life. Thank you, Jesus. That that is accessible to us. If you are a follower of Christ, if you've said, okay, God, I want to serve you. I want to live for you. Have my life. Come and fill me up. Then the scripture says that he has invaded your life and he has made your life his home. And that the Holy Spirit lives and dwells in us. And that we are supposed to live a life of abundance. We're supposed to live a life that is in full color, that is vibrant, that is ultra HD, right? But sometimes that life gets kind of squashed down, right? Sometimes that, that, that light gets covered a little bit or it gets muted. It gets kind of hidden away deep inside of a place inside of us. And our life isn't quite reflecting the fullness of God, is it? Anybody struggle with that sometimes? Struggle having the light of God, the Holy Spirit really shine out of your life day in and day out, get distracted by all the stuff going on around us and politics, the, the, the storms, all kinds of things. But it's in the midst of darkness that light should shine brighter. It's going through trouble that we should really shine bright. And we're seeing that in, in parts of Florida, in, in Bahamas, that, that those who are Christ followers are standing up and, and helping one another, linking arms. We saw that down in Texas, um, that going on. But sometimes it gets squashed down. When Amy and I, um, and Ava, because she was born by that time, picked up our lives and, and went to Australia to plant a church, um, is, I think 13 years ago now. Um, that was just an incredible, exciting adventure. We were, we were going on the, the, you know, the trip of our lives. And Amy was, we, interesting timing, Amy was five months pregnant when we left and landed. We got settled in. We got started on the church plant. Um, Amy has Nathan, our two kids there, guys. Hey, just want to point you out, embarrass you a little bit. Um, and so we land in a new country with an 18-month-old child and a newborn, starting a church. We've left an incredible community of people that we've been walking with for many years before that. Um, we had a, a life group with about 12 to 15 of us that just you know, did life together, enjoyed each other's company. We met together. We hung out together. And we left that and landed in a place that we had never been before in Australia. And about four months and then especially seven months in, after Nate was born and everything was going on, um, I began to feel, and I think Amy would say the same thing, began to feel very isolated. Felt, um, began to feel empty, and it was, it was a feeling that I'm not sure I felt this before. It was homesickness. It was, you know, all kinds of things all at the same time. There was pressures. and just felt a little, a little empty, and 
looking back on it now, that isolation um, that, that took place began to settle in a little on us. And the, it was hard to, to raise our head up enough to see what God was doing and how he was moving and that he was in us and using us and working all around us. Um, and, and this lasted for a short, short time. We began, you know, obviously we were getting in, starting a church, new people. But because we left a community that was so strong already and went into something that hadn't yet been built, it was, it was a difficult time of transition. And I realized that isolation, if we're not careful, can cause the world around us to begin to turn gray. When we isolate ourselves from deep relationships, when we isolate ourselves from community, from the church, and that can be done physically, that can be done in here in our heart, when we, when we, dis, when we put walls up or distance ourselves from those who should be closest to us, our world around us begins to turn a little gray. And it begins to be difficult to see this living color, this brightness. It begins to be get difficult to, for, for what's inside of us to really come out and shine. This happens to everybody sometimes. Times like this, like us in Australia. That was temporary. We began to build community. We go through seasons like this. And that could be normal. But when you begin to feel like your life is a little gray, that should be a warning signal. Right? The, the red lights on your car, unfortunately, Amy and I have experienced this recently. Our car went in the shop this week. All of a sudden, we're driving down the road, and not one light, not two lights, not three lights, but five lights come on all at the same time in our car. It's like, boom. It's like, and it's, we're, we're driving along. And then all of a sudden, there's no power. You press on the gas, and it's like, just a little bit, just, just barely nudging forward. So when you pull over, turn the car off, turn it back on, it works again. So this has been happening a few times to us. Who knows why? I pray that God would, would fix this problem. But just occasionally, all our lights turn on and our car stops the, the power. That should be a warning to us that maybe we need to get our car in the shop. It's still not fixed, unfortunately. They, did, they tried and they need to try again. Pray for our car. Um, but this happens in our life. There are things in our lives that should be warning lights, Right? And when we start to feel isolated, when we start to feel like the world around us isn't quite as vibrant, isn't quite as, you know, you're not quite as passionate about Jesus. You're not, you're not connecting with strong relationships. You're feeling like, you know, that, that a little out of touch with those who should be closest with you or there's some distance. Those should be warning lights for you that something is not 100% right. Proverbs 18.1 says this, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against sound judgment. It's powerful. Solomon was a pretty smart guy. He asked for wisdom. God gave it to him. This is what he shares with us. That if, if we isolate ourselves, that we break out against good advice. 
God, the God's Word translation, I, li- I like how this says, it says, a loner is out to get what he wants for himself. He opposes all sound reasoning. There's a couple different types of isolation. One is isolation that kind of is put on you. It happens during seasons. And that's when you need to fight to get back in community and fight for your relationship with Jesus and, and having a closeness um, and depending on, on, on Christ, you know, through that season. But there's, ice, there's another type of isolation where we isolate ourselves from those who, who are close around us. We isolate ourselves from community. We isolate ourselves sometimes from church. We come to church, but we don't get connected with those in church. We never go beyond the rows here and get, you know, invite people over to our, to our house and build deeper relationships. Those are, that's isolation that's impo- that you impose upon yourself. And the scripture says that that person is going against all sound judgment. That is only after what they desire. And if that ha- when that happens, you begin to fall prey to all kinds of traps. You begin to fall, fall prey to all kinds of things that will distract you and put you down. Last night, my, my kids and I watched the movie Trolls. Anybody have kids, seen the movie Trolls? If you have kids, you've seen it. Um, it it's, it's about these, these, these little guys <laughs> um, who, who are, are very colorful, and they live in community. They, 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 they're kind of, what they do is they sing together, they dance together, and on the hour, every hour, they have a group hug. Should we practice that, everybody? Should we have a quick group hug? Would you like that? I won't make you do that. Some of you are like, yes. Others are like, I am leaving if you make me do a group hug. I'm out the door right now. We're not going to do that. But every hour on the hour, they have a group hug. And they, they live this vibrant, exciting life, even when the, the Bergens, these me- mega giants that are like a thousand times bigger than them, come and like to eat them. In the face of these things, they are positive. They dance. They, they you know, sing. And they hug. And they live this vibrant life. Well, there's one troll that isn't living a vibrant life. And he's played by Justin Timberlake. And he, he isolates himself from the community and hides out in this, like, secret hidden layer that he's got. Okay? And so we're going to watch a 45-second video of the, the key point. So his character is gray. Everybody else is in color. I'm not going to your party. The party's over. We just got attacked by a Bergen. I knew it. It took Cooper and Buzzbird and Biggie and Guy Diamond and Freak. Mm. Which is why I have to ask you. 
Will you go to Bergentown with me and save everyone? What? No. Branch, you can't say no. They're your friends. Ah, uh, uh, uh. They're your friends. You just want to hide here forever? Forever? <sighs> no. Oh. Yeah, I really only have enough supplies down here to last me 10 years, 11, if I'm willing to store and drink my own sweat, which I am. You all said I was crazy, huh? Well, who's crazy now? Me. Crazy prepared. Crazy prepared. It's awesome. Anybody willing to store and drink their own their own sweat? No, no I don't think so. That's hardcore. <laughs> um, so what what happens is several of them were taken by this huge monster, and um, the girl troll goes and gets the whole community and invades his lair, brings the whole community to him, and. By doing that and going to rescue the others, and I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't mess up the end for you. I know you're running out to see this. Um, it's fine. It's good. It is cute. It was fun, right? Um, I did. I like kids' movies. I admit it. Okay. So, so by bringing the community to Justin Timberlake and their adventure together. He he, his, his skin begins to change and becomes colorful. And he begins to love again. He begins to be part of the community. And ever since this traumatic event happened early in his lifetime, he hadn't sung or been part of the, the community hugs. And then all of a sudden, of course, by the end, he is singing and hugging, and all is right with the world. Um, I love this kind of display because sometimes there are people in life who isolate themselves and they need a person to come to them, right? They need somebody to draw them into community. They need somebody to, to you know, even when they don't want it, to give them a hug and just, you know, have a little, little sing song together. I mean, doesn't that make everything right? But... The, the thing is, is that she went out and brought the community to him, and his life was changed. And the, the, the idea of the colorfulness coming back, I love that, that our life, when we're isolated from community, from love, from, in, in, a, in a sense, singing, it becomes gray. And we, we don't experience what Christ, what God has for us and what he died to give us. This isolation often results in our life in an absence of love. Sometimes we're isolating to protect. Sometimes we're isolating because something has happened or we're scared or we just don't like people. But that results in an absence of love. Because in community, we experience the love that God has for us through one another. This is why the early church was so committed to coming together. Do you know that the, the early church, it said, would meet daily. They would come together daily to be with one another to walk with one another, to eat together, to pray together, to read the Bible. And I, to me, that, th that seems 
How, did, how would they do that? Well, they live close in community. We can't do that in our culture. We can't, all of us, meet together daily. But we can meet together once a week. We can meet together, you know, um, in each other's homes once a week, once every other week to spend time together, to build together, to share what God has given us with one another. We can help others and bring others to that gathering as well. We call those meetings, which is launching this week, life groups. That we, we recognize in this church and value an experience outside of Sunday where we come together for, for a time um, of fellowship, come together for a time of encouragement, come together to, to give each other love and experience life with one another. I was thinking about the, the, the concept of light. And back then, the, the scripture says that, um, that we're supposed to be the light of the world. And back then, light was not something you flipped on like this, but it's something caused by fire, right? And that light gives warmth, gives heat. That type of light, when you, when you put it together with another light, grows, doesn't it? That's what happens when we come together in people's homes, in circles. We get together and share what, what, what's happening in our lives, our, our struggles, our, our burdens, our good stuff, is that inside of us, the light that God has given us can, it can help ignite the light in somebody else. Their light can help bolster your light. And all of a sudden, when you, when you get five or six, 10, 15 people together, all of a sudden, there's a brightness, there's a goodness, there's, there's color that is brought to that community. When you start meeting together regularly, you start sharing what's happening, you start praying for one another during that meeting and outside. Those relationships begin to deepen. Your life begins to, to have more substance because you're walking with other people. Who's experienced this? I know, I'm, I'm sure most all of us have, have experienced this in, in our lives. The truth is, is that we, God has created us for this, to walk in community, to share his life with one another. And the, the truth is, is that when we do that, we are brighter together. We shine brighter together. We, we do life better together. And I, when, when I was thinking about this, when we come together, we don't ever, light doesn't take from, from another light. It only gives. When, when we come together, we, are, we, we shine brighter together. And the scripture talks a lot about this. In Matthew 5, it says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. That would, that would be that would be asinine, wouldn't it? That'd be crazy to light a lamp and then hide it, hide the light. That was the whole point of him saying that. 
It'd be, it'd be crazy. No, they sit it up on a lampstand instead, and it gives light to the whole house. And Christ is saying, my spirit lives and dwells inside of you. Don't squash it down. Don't cover it up. Don't, don't keep it from, from coming out. Let it shine so that it can be seen and not just seen, but experienced by all those around, around you. Not only do you see fire, light, but you feel the warmth and you can gain the benefit of that warmth. And that's what community is about. We give each other encouragement. We give each other warmth. We build one another up. We help each other through the difficult times. We walk with one another through relational difficulties. When we, when we might lose a house in a hurricane. When things are, we, that's when we desperately need community, right? During these difficult times in life. But we need, the truth is, is we need it all the time, but we just recognize we need it desperately at that time. Just like we recognize we desperately need God when everything in our life is going crazy. We then call out, help, right? But the truth is, is we always need the power of God and his Holy Spirit living inside of us. And the scripture says, let it out. Let it shine. One of the early church distinctive marks was said, the things that were said about the early church was that the church loved. The followers of different teachers and rabbis during that time, they always had distinctive marks. They always had things that would set them apart from the others. And it's, it's interesting to, to, to note that in the writings that, they, they, that were talked about, the, the Christians, the early church, it wasn't only about how they did things. It wasn't only about the signs and the wonders but it is about how they treated one another. It was about their love for one another. I'm going to read you a couple. Um, these were written in the first century. A couple statements that were written in the first century about the church. One was by Lucian. says, they love before they even knew each other. I thought, that's cool. That the people from the outside when they saw the early Christians, and it went on to describe this, that they would meet somebody and just care for them and really help them. It says that they loved before they even knew each other. Another said that their master makes them believe that they are brothers. I love that. Isn't that cool? Their master, talking about Jesus, has made them believed made them believe that they are brothers. Tertullian, he was an early apologetic, apologist and um, church leader. 
And he said that the heathens during that time, the heathens, those who aren't Christ followers, those who worship other gods, when they saw the Christians pass along the street and met and expressed their affection to each other, they would say this, see how they love each other? See how they care for one another? That was those who did, did not believe, those who were even opposed to what they believed, to Christianity, would say, look at them. They really love each other. That's powerful. The scripture says that, that those who don't know Jesus, those who aren't following after God, will know us by what? By our love for one another. That was one of the distinctive marks of the early church. And I think it continues on. It's one of the distinctive marks of the church around the world. There's more persecution of the church now than there ever has been. There's recorded over 7,000 in 2016, over 7,000 people who were martyred for standing for their faith. And, and it's something like 70,000 Christians who were killed because of tribal things and being part of a Christian community. Just in 2016. It's crazy. As a, as, a, as a community, our desire is that you and I, when we go from here, we would be known by our love for one another. That would be the distinctive mark of our faith. That would be the, the distinctive mark of the Spirit of God who lives inside of us, shining out from us, that we would truly care for one another. And we do this because of what Christ has done. He, Hebrews 10 says this, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. That's number one. We've got to hold fast to, to our relationship with God. We've got to hold fast to our faith, to our hope in Christ. Then it says, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good works. So the second thing is that we hold fast personally. You've got to hold fast to the hope you have in Christ. You've got to hold fast to the faith that, that God has put inside of you. You've got to hold fast, do everything in your power to pursue Christ in a relationship with him respond to the love that God has put inside of you. Secondly, is that we would care for one another, that we would spur one another on to love and to good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So it says that we would spur one another on to love and good deeds, and that we would not neglect meeting together as it is the habit of some. Saying some, you know, are part of the community, but they haven't become part of the community. And we need to make sure that we draw them in 
that we spur one another on to love and good deeds, that we care for one another. I want to close with, with this. It's interesting that Jesus, at the end of his ministry, he prays for us, for you and I. In John 17, 20, he says, I am not asking on behalf of them alone, those who are here with me right now, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their message. So that's us, and then that's the message we carry and all those who believe in Christ through the message that he has given us. That all of them may be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. That's what this is all about. Really, it's not difficult. It's not you know, overly you know, complicated. Jesus' desire for us was that we would love one another as he has loved us, that we would go beyond what culture says is normal for a relationship, that we would actually be one as Christ and God is, and that we are with him, that we would, we would pursue and be intentional about developing those types of relationships. Because the reason is, is because that's where this comes from. That's where the color in life comes from. That's where the vibrancy comes, is in relationship, in walking with one another in brotherly love. Would you stand? I just want to exhort all of us. This is Life Group Launch Week. This is where we, we come together. This is how we do life at High Point Church. Please register for a life group. Find a life group. There, there's one in most of the communities you're in. If, if you feel like even now your life is seeming a little gray because of circumstances or isolation or things going on, this is an opportunity to just, you know, see that warning light and respond. When a warning light comes on, don't ignore it, like I've been doing with my car. Don't ignore those warning lights. They don't just disappear. You have to respond. And we respond by calling out to God, Lord, fill me. Reconnect me with you, if that's what's going on. Stir my spirit. And then we'll respond by getting in relationship with other people because that's where we experience the fullness of, of God. That's where we experience life. That's where a lot of the things we're going on, Christ provides through the community to touch your life, not directly always from him. It's often through community. And we desperately need that. Amen? Lord, help us. Help us not ignore what's happening around us. Help us respond 
when those, those when, when, when things in our lives, you know, feel a little gray or we feel isolated or, or something's happening, help us respond to, to you, Lord. Help us reach out to those around us. Lord, open our eyes to those around us who might be having difficult time or isolated or, or went through something and they're, 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 they're having a difficult time coming in community. God, help us reach out to them and draw them in. Help us be light. Let us shine brighter. Let us shine bright and touch those around us. God, that we would be used by you. God, that you would stir up inside of us. God, that you would shine from us. And Lord, that we would be used to, to touch people's lives around us. In Jesus' name, amen.